This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Saturday Morning Mysteries, where we are your hosts. I'm Grace. And I'm Alexis. And today we are on our final Wild Thornberries episode. The final. Pretty sad about. Yeah. I gotta say, I've been having a lot of fun with the show. I think um, yeah. talking about the animals has been very, very fun, particularly uh-huh. as you have now introduced me to the uh, Tooth and Claw podcast. I'm like, <laughs> oh, You're I love learning about animals. It's so much fun. And there's just, yeah, they do a great job in this show of talking about wildlife mm-hmm. and about like the different places around the world they go to. So yeah, mm-hmm. this is, I think this... And I don't say this lightly, other than Scooby-Doo, this maybe has been my favorite arc of this show <gasps> that we've done so far. Just saying. Whoa. Yeah. That's a big yeah. statement. It's big. I, I don't say that lightly. <laughs> I will say it's been really hard for me not to just go watch all of the Wild Thornberries, like sticking yeah. to the list. Oh my I, God, you've watched a bunch more, haven't you? I've watched a bunch more. I just like leave it playing after I'm done, like watching my episodes or uh, whatever yeah. episode you do. I'm like, okay, I'll just leave it on like while I do other stuff around the house. <sighs> and yeah, I'm like, God, I miss this show so much. It's been, yeah, yeah it's been fun. I'm not, I'm not to say I've like watched all of it, but I've definitely watched way more episodes than just than like just the eight list. that we've covered. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Nice. Because yeah, they're entertaining. They're good. And they're very yeah. well written. So Good yes, job, Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Yes, very good job, Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Bird will be taking us on our final journey. Again, we always say final for now, because we for might now. return to these shows probably yeah. well for this one. Um, yeah. But yeah, for now, um, Bird, take it away yeah. for our last trip with the Thornberry I family. I will. And Packing the Convy, let's go. Yeah, and that's exactly what they do. It's crime-filled today. And yes, the con the convy is being packed up because right now the Thornberry family, they're in Sydney, Australia, but Ooh. not for much longer because they are currently packing up the convy and preparing to depart for their next adventure in India. So their plan is to take a ship actually on the high seas to India so that they can meanwhile capture footage of the migration patterns of none other than the big daddy of them all the blue whale so (laughs) big whale daddy big whale daddy also like yes we're doing a marine episode i no are we not doing a marine episode are are you not going to tell me about blue well surprising you would pick a whale episode we're definitely not doing marines um for those who don't know alexis is mortal enemy is whales and one of my favorite animals is whales (laughs) yes it is a point of contention between us, the only uh-huh. point. Uh, no, so yeah, I actually realized like five minutes before we hit record, like, dang, I actually don't talk about blue whales in this episode, like at all. You'll see why at the end, there is another animal star of this movie that Ooh, I do okay. go way too deep into, but we're going to hit That's all fine. the high notes on them. But it did force me to real quick, just like skim through the Wikipedia page on <laughs> blue whales. Cause I was like, maybe I should say a few things about Grace them. is going to want to know. Yeah, exactly. But you probably already know. I mean, yeah, they're unfortunately, yes. Blue whales are not the stars of this episode. Probskis, because yes, they are my mortal enemy and I would never dare do an episode. <laughs> episode that focuses in on them but I do have a greater appreciation for them after skimming the Wikipedia page 
like I said, they are the big daddy of them all. It's the largest known animal to humans. Um, they are super actually endangered, pretty sure borderline extinction, or we've like definitely mm. decreased the population of them a lot from whaling and different like climate change and ocean noise, all of that. Their migration patterns are changing because humans are the worst. <laughs> and yes, they do. In fact, at least some of them migrate around like mm -hmm. the waters north of Australia. So this isn't totally, you know, out of whack that Nigel and Marianne believe that they can get some awesome footage of them while they're sailing from India or from Australia to India. But also like you can see blue whales off the coast of California. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure you can see them like in South America and Chile, Chile, so lots of other places where they are. Yeah, because they're so massive. They don't really have any natural predators other than the killer whale. The whale killer rather is probably a better <laughs> name yes. for it, the orca. Um, and yeah, they are. They are pretty amazing. I look, yes, they are my mortal enemy, but <laughs> only so much as like I see them if if I were to be in the waters and one came up to me. I love looking at them from afar. Videos. I like to imagine that if I saw them off the coast of California, I would be absolutely amazed and in awe of their beauty. <laughs> but the sheer size of them just terrifies me. And the water in general, large bodies of water terrify me. So the combination of those two things for me personally, not the best, I was, but they are magnificent, beautiful creatures. I will not pretend like anything else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Well, I'm glad I am actually glad to hear that the episode doesn't focus on blue whales because I was going to be like, this episode is going to take a turn for the worse when bird takes the side of the poachers. Yeah. <laughs> of the blue whales. It's not going to be a good look for the podcast or for me as a human being. Yeah. Like, so these whew. whales, kill them, get them out of here. No, <laughs> protect them at all costs. I just personally don't want to be like right yes. next to them, but would love to see them off of a coast sometime in my <laughs> life, or maybe even to go whale watching as long as they're not like tipping over the boat that I'm in, which I yes. don't think they would typically tend to do that anyway. So all that is to say, yeah, blue whales are not the stars today. So let's figure out who is. Yes. Well, while Marianne, Nigel, and Debbie are inside of the Convy packing up their carry-on bags to take onto the ship, because obvi the Convy is going to be like stored in cargo, Eliza and Darwin are outside playing in the heath with this adorable wombat named oh. Emily. Yes. <laughs> A wombat. My heart's so, to beat. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. So we're not going to talk about the big baddie that is the blue whale. We're going to talk about the small, cute, adorable, plump marsupial that is the wombat. Oh my and God. So, okay. Wombats are marsupials. Like I said, they're native to Australia. They tend to get a little over three feet long and they have like these little small stubby tails, but they also are like super plump and stubby because yeah, they're like butt. anywhere from like 40 to like 80 pounds, I guess, depending on the gender and age. Whoa. So like this little three foot long thing that's like 80 pounds. Oh, I didn't realize they got up to 80 pounds. Yeah. High, like seven, high 70s, but yeah, Still. we'll round up. We're not scientists, yeah, yeah. so we'll round up. Um, and their fur can range from a variety of colors, from like sandy brown to dark brown, gray, and even black. And so mm. wombats are adaptable and habitat tolerant, meaning that they can survive within a certain range of a particular factor like temperature 
or um, you know, heat level, whatever, but they can only they can't survive if there's too much heat or like the temperature is a little too high mm. and like yeah, a little too much of whatever that particular factor in their habitat is. So like other than that though, they are pretty adaptable. Like they they can adjust and go different places, but like a little too much heat, eh, won't do. A little too much cold, eh, won't do. Not great for them. climate change. Not at all. Exactly. The okay. small changes that like consistently happen, mm-hmm. yeah, the, those aren't good for them. But other than no. that, they are herbivores. Uh, they mainly eat grasses, herbs, bark, and roots. And they dig extensive burrow systems with their front teeth. They've got these very sharp front teeth and powerful claws. Yes, teeth and claws, they do both. And interestingly, their teeth don't have roots, so they're ever growing like rodent teeth. They just keep getting like longer and longer. In the Wikipedia page, this is where I'm getting all this information, by the way, Wikipedia. I didn't do any other. (laughs) This was enough. (laughs) So the Wikipedia page doesn't say this, and I don't, I didn't feel like looking it up, but I suspect that like other rodents, the fact that they have these ever-growing teeth causes wombats to have a knack for chewing. And like, they really like to chew on maybe harder things every now and again to help maintain the teeth. And because I'm sure it gets a little irritating when they just keep growing and like get sharper. Yeah. So, and th- there is a part of this episode that alludes to that as well. So believe the wild thorn cool. berries, no questions asked. <laughs> ever. Uh, ever, none. A wombat though can live up to 15 years in the wild, but some have been recorded to live past 20 or 30 years in captivity with the longest living captive wombat, wombat living, I feel like that was redundant anyway, to be 34 <laughs> years old. Yeah, so pretty oh. old for like a little rodent, a marsupial slash rodent type the thing. average life in the wild. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So good for them, I guess. You know, that's when they're in captivity, people take good care of them, I suppose, mm-hmm. like conservationists. Um, and so in terms of conservation, all the species of wombats are protected in every Australian state. And in particular, though, cool. the northern hairy-nosed wombat in uh, in Australia, obviously, is classified as endangered. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I think that's the one that's, like, really of concern, and the rest are like, yeah, they're pretty good, but probably okay. still declining numbers, as is everything, um, as a result <laughs> of human life. So, anyways. Um, also apparently last couple fun facts about them apparently they do attack humans sometimes and like I said they are like they're pretty big they're not like tall yeah. or super like long but like 80 you. pounds is pretty big yeah and they yeah. have very sharp teeth and claws so apparently startled wombats have been known to charge humans and knock them over because they have really super strong hind legs and they can like jump and spring into action <laughs> it'd be pretty <laughs> cute actually like with a little cape on it. Like, <laughs> wombat man. Is it wombat man? Well, you know, that's a tangent for another day. I feel like that's actually <laughs> that a is fictional a superhero. superhero. Anyway, so <laughs> in the past, so humans have been like pretty fucked up by them. Whoa. Like they've been scratched and have had some really deep puncture wounds. And apparently in April of 2010, a 59-year-old man from rural Victoria, Australia, was mauled by a wombat that they thought the wombat maybe was like angered or on edge because of mange. So this Uh, wombat like hops up and attacks this guy causing a number of cuts and bike bite marks. And the guy actually had to go to the hospital. Oh shit. 
and sadly the wombat was killed by an axe so an axe. by an axe the guy killed him with an axe <laughs> from what i read that's what it sounds Whoa. like just sad yes Ooh, but i mean okay. if you're getting attacked like to the right. point where if he's defending himself yeah i guess it's sad it is sad and yeah. i guess if the wombat was already sick although mange is curable but still it's yeah it's sad it's nobody, won. Yeah. nobody won nobody <laughs> exactly <laughs> Lastly, and most interestingly to me, at least, um, the name for a group of wombats is called one of three things, a wisdom, a mob, or a colony. <laughs> so we're going to say wisdom or mobs because those are, that's awesome. Like a wisdom of wombats or yes. a mob of wombats. Yes, like that's I such like a to, cool name for the groupings. I like to think that those are like you give those groups based on the vibe of the wombat yeah. like are one like old and like wise and are like we're not gonna eat that and the other ones the are pedantic like wombats <laughs> versus the ones that jump on you and claw your face <laughs> yeah. yeah the mob those are the um, mobs <laughs> can i tell a fun wombat fact yeah do you have i know you've probably seen one about oh, their no. poop yes well so i don't have it written down but i did read about it i was like that's going to the lyrics, but go no, for it. um it's the best wombat fact it's it is true it's very you this is okay i'm going off memory from like a week ago when i wrote this now it's so you maybe jump in and correct me but it's very uniquely shaped like there's no other animal that poops or like has poop shaped like a wombat it's almost like cubicle type yeah, little it's just shapes. known as like a cube poop yeah a cube poop and somehow they've evolved like scientists don't get it, but like their intestines have evolved for them to poop that way, for their poop to be shaped that way. And they use it as like tracking devices. The, mm -hmm. the wombats use it. So they will like stack their poop up to yeah. signify like, yo, I was here. And it's so the other wombats either know to like stay away or to find the other wombat they're looking for genius. there. So yeah, super genius poop. I don't know how scientists are literally scratching their heads at like, <laughs> how is your poop so perfectly cubic? And I did look at pictures of wombat poop because I was like, yeah, how, how perfect could it be? No, it's like a perfect cube. It's like it looks wild. like a big brown dice. <laughs> It's yeah, crazy. Yes. Yeah. That's why I was like, we have to bring this up. Good. I'm glad it's you It's actually did. the only wombat fact that I knew and I just needed us to discuss it. And now that you mentioned that there is one other fact, I originally had it in here, but I took it out because I was like, eh, going too much into the I weeds. Well, I'll say the it facts. very quickly. So they have evolved to have their marsupials. So they have a pouch, right? And they've evolved to have the, mar the, the marsupial, the pouch on their back. It's like on their butt almost. Whoa. So that they can keep their young in the pouch while still burrowing and digging holes without the dirt getting in and oh, aggravating shit. the infant. Which makes sense. It does make sense, but I saw pictures of that too, and it's extremely off-putting. Like, wow. imagine um, Ace Ventura like coming out of the rhino. <laughs> oh, no! Oh, it doesn't look like a little, like, piggyback ride? No. Oh, no. no. It looks like a head just popping out of a wombat's ass. <laughs> I'm not going to look it up. Because the, the infant wombat's facing the opposite way. It's not like a pouch that, like, oh, you're on your back. Mommy, what you doing? It's a pouch like, ew, it stinks in here. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, okay. Well, I was gonna look it yeah. up and now I'm definitely not. I mean, it's still, you know, science. You might as well. <laughs> <laughs> Nature is metal grade. 
<laughs> Always. <laughs> the continuing theme. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, Wombat's pretty cool. Emily is one of those adorable creatures. She's like a um, like a sandy orangish, orangish mm-hmm. kind of color. And she is. She's totes adorable, but she is also super clingy. And it is clear from her interactions with Eliza that she has become very fond of her. And she's really, really sad to hear that her family is leaving soon. And so seeing how sad Emily is, Eliza brings her into the Comby and asks her parents if she can bring Emily along with her on their voyage to India. But her parents, (laughs) her face is appropriate. You're like, girl, what the fuck? Yeah, her parents agree. They're like, oh, put in like, I'm so sorry, but that's just not possible. You know, the wombat, you can't let it leave its natural habitat. It'll be starved of its natural diet. It's just not a good idea, which Eliza knows full well. Like she reads, she's no, she's not, she's not that dumb. Let's put it this way. Yeah. And so Nigel, he sees that Eliza's sad by this, and he tries to cheer her up by reminding her of the majestic blue whales that they're about to see. But she's just not really into it as much as Nigel mm. is. Like, she doesn't care about the whales that much. She just, she really just enjoys playing with Emily. So she gets it, though. Eliza understands, you know, when she wants to, she plays by the rules. And so she takes Emily back outside, chats it up with her one last time while brushing her fur, and in a last-ditch effort, Emily is, like, begging Eliza to bring her with them. But Eliza's like, I'm sorry, I just I just don't see how that's possible. And then bids adieu. And Darwin mm-hmm. is like, come on, Eliza, let's get out of here. Like he, You already he's, stole me from the wild. Let's steal another animal. Come on, let's go. Just steal another one. What's one more? So... <laughs> But it's funny because there's like kind of this B plot going on where Darwin is jealous almost of Emily because he's like, well, Eliza never brushes my hair or my fur. (laughs) And he obviously misses his bestie who has been just playing with this wombat the entire time they've been outside of Sydney. So the family, they hop into the Comby, they've got all their bags packed and they make their way to the city, to Sydney where they plan to disembark for Madras, India. And I just very quickly want to point out that Madras was a state and city in India from 1950 to 1969. I'm not going to get into the politics of it all. There's obviously a lot there, both with colonialism and just with like the the politics of India itself, even post-colonialism. But this place did not exist anymore at the time that this episode of the wild (laughs) thornberries came out but they for whatever reason they still use the name of that city to describe where in india the thornberries are going weird so just naming the current one yeah exactly which in present day it is known now as chennai and it was renamed this in 1996 which was like two years before this episode oh. came out or three years actually this came maybe out maybe they in just had an outdated atlas i guess maybe they wrote it for season one and they were like oh, yeah, no, we're, <laughs> we're not up on the times yet which would still be a little behind because it, that was like 98 like, but yeah, yeah. outdated honestly outdated atlas probably was it like yeah. Rand mcnally yeah, hadn't like, caught up yet <laughs> we don't have google yeah. we barely <laughs> have the internet all, right now that's all the Nickelodeon had in their like library or whatever encyclopedias and old Alice's from the 70s and 80s yes so um this city though in in present day Chennai is the capital city of Tamil Nandu 
which is the southernmost Indian state. And the surrounding metro area is actually the 36th largest urban area in the world by population. So pretty big. And it's probably, I think it's like one of the, it's like top five or maybe top seven in India. Like it's, it's one of the biggest tourist spots in India. It's got this booming healthcare tourism industry and like, Mm. it's called the health capital of India. So probably a lot of like world renowned, world renowned hospitals and medical centers, et cetera. Um, The city or the region has a very rich musical culture. It hosts like a third of India's automobile industry. And it's also a major film production center that's home to the Tamil film industry, commonly referred to as Kaliwood. So you've got Bollywood. And I wish I knew what part of India that it Mumbai, whatever. And then you've got um, Kaliwood in Tamil. So, or in like the Tamil heritage area of India. So just know that this place where they're going, it's a very densely populated area. It's got a lot of tourism. So a a lot of people coming in and out because of the cultural aspects, because of the the health and medical tourism reasons. Like they have a big focus on that. It's a booming, bustling city with a very diverse economy. So they probably take their imports and exports quite seriously. Put a pin in that. Okay. (laughs) Once the Thornberries arrive to the ship and get to or get the comfy all loaded on, they make their way on and get settled in. And Nigel, he's very excited to be on the high seas. He is immediately taking Marianne to like find a prime spot on board where they can watch and film these migrating blue whales. And Debbie and Eliza and Darwin and Donnie are like just kind of walking around the ship's deck trying to figure out like, all right, this is what we're in for for the next however many days. (laughs) That's mostly Debbie saying that as the tone probably suggested. So as Darwin is cheering Eliza up about like, oh, hey, you know, we're going to get so much quality time together. Like, we're going to have a great time. I know you miss Emily, but like, I'm here. Um. They're having this conversation and it's interrupted by the ship's quarantine officer, a man by the name of Inspector Taboo. He is, Taboo is a very stern by the book. Um, He looks like always kind of angry Indian man. He's got a bendy like in between Mm. his eyebrow. He also has them on like outside of his eyes too, like those red gems or like the dots that they yeah that they use in hindu culture um or actually i looked this up apparently in tamil terminology so and i'm assuming he's from Uh the tamil region as well since he's going back to chennai madras wherever it's called a patu rather than a bendy cool apparently and yeah so he's got these thick brown eyebrows and he has this very thick brown beard that's pulled down into a bun hanging under his chin. He's wearing like a green military type jacket mm. with the white, I had to look this up too, the patiala pants, which are like those very baggy kind of poofy pants that you often see in okay. like Bollywood films. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So as soon as Inspector Taboo sees Eliza, he just like 
grabs Darwin by yeah. the arm, probably he's a also di- exactly also <laughs> dislocating his arm. Let's call back <laughs> to last week's episode. Um, and he tells her that the monkey belongs in a cage in the baggage hold, and then and then that he needs to be quarantined upon their arrival in Madras, assuming that Darwin has been smuggled on and doesn't have the proper vaccinations. Yeah. So Eliza is trying to assure him that like, no, 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 Darwin's allowed up here. He's part of our family. He's got all of his shots. He's very healthy. Like you need to let him go. You don't have the authority to take him. And Taboo just rudely says like, well, what do you know? You're just a noisy little girl while like walking, while like walking off and dragging Darwin along with him, who was like screaming for dear life, by the way, it's actually kind of scary and sad. Yeah. But fortunately, Taboo, Inspector Taboo only gets a few steps away before Nigel approaches him. <laughs> Nigel is like loving the sea life. He's like walking like a ship man. He like comes up and like salutes Taboo. This is like no surprise. <laughs> Not at all. At he's all. like he loves this. <laughs> and he tells him, like, I'm sorry, sir. Like, I think there's been a mistake. Um, my name's Nigel Thornberry, and this monkey, I assure you, is just as healthy as like could be. So he hands him the medical record saying, like, look, Good. it's a flawless record. He's had all of his shots, and he should therefore be allowed to travel with the rest of us, the rest of the family, and not face quarantine when we arrive to India. And so Taboo, he like looks over these papers and he's like, mm, fine, whatever, like shoves <laughs> it back in, in uh, Nigel's face and returns Darwin to the Thornberries before he storms off to hunt down any other illegally smuggled animals. Uh-oh. So, Grace, you've briefly mentioned this in a recent episode of our Uh-oh. Wild Thornberries arc, but it is a big no-no, as you said then, to sneak animals into other countries and or fail to declare animals when yes. you're traveling, like on your Very customs bad. forms. Yes, this is primarily and reasonably because governments want to prevent the introduction of foreign animal diseases into their countries. Mm-hmm. They want to protect animal mm-hmm. welfare. As Nigel said before, you can't move something that's endangered from or really anything. You shouldn't really move from its natural natu- natural habitat (laughs) into another habitat where they don't have the same food they don't have the same Mm -hmm. you know climate temperature etc and it also is to prevent the spread of communicable communicable diseases i can't talk today in general (laughs) they're just big words here work with me so i looked up the rules specifically for bringing animals into india both from the u.s and australia but i'll just talk about the u.s to keep this brief ish or Uh make a long story somewhat shorter (laughs) and let's just assume that the rules that i found two days ago are the same as the rules that were in place in 1999 when this episode came out i highly doubt they are but work with me here yes (laughs) so To just bring, and I'm going to skim, like fly through this, but to bring just a domesticated cat or dog into India, you have to fill out hella paperwork, let alone like a chimpanzee or any other like wild thing you come across, right? Yeah. Hella paperwork. You got to like describe the animal, like its name, its breed, when it was born, what gender it is, whether it has a microchip and what number the microchip is all of its vaccinations confirming that it's received them all it's like a full medical record and you have to do this just to receive a certificate from animal quarantine certification services 
that they can be brought into the country, but then that's still, they still have to like review it when you get into the country. Mm. So that's just like the first of like five steps. And you have to do that. You have to provide all this information at least seven business days prior to traveling. Damn. And then if the documents are proper and approved, a quarantine officer like Inspector Taboo will examine the animals and the paperwork once they've arrived in India. Mm. So if the animal is fit, and you know you're you're given that certificate that they're safe to travel within the country and that they're allowed to freely enter and if the quarantine officer finds that the animal or sorry if the animal is fit then they're allowed to enter the country safely but if the quarantine officer finds that the animal is unfit like that it has some sign of disease or a sickness then the animal will be quarantined for 15 days and tested and then after the 15 days Ooh. of quarantine and testing if the animal is fit then a certificate for it to enter will be issued. But if it's found unfit after that 15 day, the second 15 day period, then the owner or like their agent or representative will like have to be told like, hey, like here are the treatments you can give it or else we're just going to like deport it. Like, can you get rid of your animal? So it has the last bit. To make a long story longer and inject just a bit of pop culture or like current-ish evidence into all of this, these animal importation laws, particularly when importing into Australia, were in headlines not too long ago in May 2015 when Amber Heard, Johnny Depp's ex-wife, illegally brought her and Johnny Depp's dogs into the country without declaring them to customs officers. (laughs) And she subsequently failed to put them in Australia's required tent. So in Australia, it's a 10 day quarantine. So she like falsified travel documents. It's a whole thing, committed perjury. And (laughs) I think they're like still fighting some of the legal like charges. Oh my God. Especially an island country. They're extra strict about it. Super strict, super strict. And like, again, these were just dogs. I'm pretty sure they were like, like, were they Jack Russell Terrier? Like they weren't big dogs, oh even just little dogs, like almost lap dogs, and in her even purse. That. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, but don't be stupid. Don't right. do that. Like, how? It, and, unless you know that your pets are sick and you're still trying to bring them in, like, why would you not declare them? I like it's just not a good look, regardless. Yeah, that's so, so dumb. Yeah. Um, anyway, in Australia, yes. one of the times flying in, this was in like the and it was like thirteen or something like that. They have dogs sniffing our bags specifically for beef jerky because of mad cow disease. That it was like Mm. citizens from the U.S., y'all got a mad cow disease problem. It could be in this beef jerky. And like some kid on the trip had some and had to like, because he like didn't fucking remember. And I was like, this is the most United States thing I've ever heard. You fucking brought beef jerky with you. Yeah. Anyways. um, You see like armed guards coming like them (laughs) 13 year old boy as the dog like bites his arm (laughs) oh my Um, god anyways yeah so it's crazy wow it makes sense yeah keep your that you gotta keep people safe safe. exactly we know this now more than ever in the year 2023 that animals can maybe can transfer well we do know they can transfer diseases exactly Anyway, so Debbie, Eliza, and Darwin, they make their way to their cabin on the ship and they get settled in. And Debbie, though, she doesn't stay for long because she wants to go grab some food and also check out this cute guy who's working in the ship's kitchen, who they were introduced earlier. I'll talk about him more later. 
And so Eliza, she stays back in the cabin though to unpack. And as she's like put, pulling stuff out of her bag, she discovers that Emily the Wombat snuck in her little marsupial self into Eliza's carry-on bag. How so that she do Eliza not realize this? On their voyage to it's India. An extra wow. 50, 40 like to 80 30, pounds. Yeah, yeah, sorry, not even 30, 40 <gasps> to 80 pounds. Yeah, Eliza's like, God, this bag is like, I swear I was packing light. <laughs> and also like, how did Emily get in the convi? All these, I don't know. I don't know. Eliza claims she didn't know. Mm, but convenient. So she freaks out a bit when she sees Emily, her little head pots out. And she tells Emily that she can't be there, which is really confusing to Emily, who I said before is very clingy, very fond of mm. Eliza. And she's like, but I thought you'd be happy to see me here. I can't really do an He's Australian like a British accent. British orphan child. <laughs> yeah. Please, sir, can I have some Please, more? Sir, can I have some more? So... <laughs> Australia's really hard to do. It is hard. I was kind of trying it and I was like, God, what's the difference between this and the bridge? Yeah, it's like it's something in there in the throat, whatever. So I'm not going to try it that much more, um, <laughs> that much more. So Eliza <laughs> quickly decides to just like stuff Emily in her book bag and get her off the ship ASAP before it disembarks. Okay. Yeah. But just as she's running out of her cabin and up the stairs back to the deck to find someone to hand her off to. She looks over the edge of the ship and she sees that they are literally just starting to take off. Like the bells are ringing, the horns oh. blowing, the sailors are like pulling up the ropes and everything. And this ship is already like just maybe 10, 20 feet away from the dock. Like it's Probsky's too late to like run up to the captain uh -oh. and have him turn the shit around. So Emily, she's very excited because she's like, yay, I get to stay on board and spend more time with you. <gasps> And Eliza's like, yeah, okay, like, yes, I can't lie. I'm happy to see you because we did have so much fun. But like, Emily, you've got to be really careful. We got to keep you hidden. No one can find you. This Inspector Taboo guy, he's fucking crazy. He almost <laughs> killed Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, okay. right from the jump, there are some close calls. Like, as soon as Darwin and Eliza and Emily make their way back to the cabin, Darwin accidentally, he's holding the book bag that's that Emily is in at one point. He accidentally drops it. There's like a whole hubble up on the ship that makes him drop the book bag. And she just like comes crawling out of it and starts sniffing around the ship deck, all free, just roaming around. Girl. Just as I know, she did not listen. One job. One thing. Hide. And, of course, right as she's doing this, Inspector Taboo starts walking towards him as he's like making his rounds around the ship. And so Eliza, she quickly like shoves Emily back into the book bag and hunkers down behind some barrels and starts barking like a dingo. And Inspector Taboo can't see her because she's behind the barrels. And so he just hears a dingo barking like, <laughs> what is that? Where is that coming from? And Eliza like pops out and says, I just saw a crazy looking dingo running down the deck. You got to go a find dingo it. dingo ate my baby. It ate my baby. It ain't funny. And so Taboo believes her though. And then just like runs off to like in the direction that Eliza pointed okay. in. And so Eliza and Darwin, they're like, okay, that worked. But like, that was really close. We got to be more careful. 
And Emily like pops her head out of Eliza's book bag saying like, hey, I'm getting hungry. I could really go for some like shrubs and roots right about now. You know what I mean? Like it's lunchtime. And Eliza's like, I don't know if they have shrubs and roots in the galley, but like I'll go there and see if I can find something similar for you to eat. I don't know. So she like throws, um, she or she has Darwin take Emily back to the cabin and those two hang out there. And Eliza like runs off to the galley to go look for some food. And she is, she gets there and Debbie is already there, as I mentioned before, because she wanted to like check out this cute guy uh-huh. who's working in the, uh, in the kitchen. And she sneaks in, Eliza sneaks in. And Debbie's like, she's very seasick, by the way. So <laughs> she's like trying to impress this guy, the chef, like flirting with him. Well, trying but not she's to also like exactly like green in the face. And the guy recognizes this, like, you don't look so good. You need some tea or something <laughs> like that. And by the way, this guy is like obviously much older than Debbie is. Oh, Debbie. Like, he may be like 35 or 40 oh, even. No. Like he does not, like, I don't know, maybe he's in his 20s, but Either like, Either way, she's no. a teenager. At, exactly. least he's not, at least he's being like, what's wrong yeah. with you? <laughs> and it's interesting because at one point he's like, um, what does he say to her? Like, yeah, of course. Like, I think you're really special, Debbie. Like, you're you're really cool. And Debbie's like, oh, you think I'm special? Wow. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you remind me of my kid's sister. <laughs> <laughs> so debbie's like damn uh yeah and so anyway amidst all of this going on eliza sneaks in and she steals like a whole heap of vegetables from the kitchen like a bowl of like multiple large carrots and multiple full heads of lettuce not like the passengers need to worry about eating anything and avoiding like scurvy or whatever yeah, i was wondering about that <laughs> Like, what about all the humans on board? Whatever. Whatever. They don't need vegetables. They'll just eat meat and potatoes. So she takes this food back to Emily. And Emily starts eating it. But when she finishes, she, like, looks really queasy and kind of sick, too. Because she's like, this food just isn't right. Like, it's just not hitting the way my shrubs and bushes and herbs and roots do. It's like, no shit, you adorable but stupid wombat. Like, <laughs> why did you leave you God, you're so cute, but you're so dumb. <laughs> so Emily, at this point, even though she's feeling sick, she like starts yawning and she tells Eliza that she's ready to sleep and just needs to like burrow to prepare her sleeping space. So yeah, Eliza tells her, tells Emily that she can go ahead and take a nap in the drawer that's underneath these bunk beds in the cabin. Mm. And Eliza's put like all these extra blankets and this soft stuff and pillows and whatnot for Emily to sleep in. But like I said before, wombats like to burrow. They dig these very extensive burrow systems and holes. And so Emily, she hops in and she's sad because she's like, I can't dig in here. Like, it's not deep enough. I can't get comfortable. It's like only, like what, what are drawers? Like 10 inches, eight she's inches? She's a big complainer. Yeah. First off, she probably can't even fit in it. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> she's a huge complainer. She was already, like I said, even though she's adorable, she was already super annoying, very clingy. Oh, and yeah. now she's literally complaining about all these inconveniences that are her own fault, <laughs> quite frankly. So. Emily, she politely asks Eliza, like, could you find me something a little bigger to sleep in so I can like, you know, I need I need some room to like burrow and dig around and stuff so I can really feel at home and feel comfortable. And Eliza's like, 
fine. Okay. Like, yeah, shouldn't be hard on a ship to find like something deep enough for you to burrow in, Emily, of <laughs> course. So they take off to find a better bed for her. And obviously she brings Emily with her, I guess. So Emily can like test it out as Check she's it. going and yeah, you know, spread her germs all over this boat. By oh my God. <laughs> Didn't even think about that. Perfect. Great. <laughs> so Eliza winds up stealing um, this massive laundry cart that's filled with linens and sheets. I, I think they're clean. I assume. I don't know, though. Honestly, they might not be. They're about to be uh, dirty. They're about to be dirty. They're clean for, for like two that. seconds. <laughs> yeah. Because then, as you said, exactly. She places Emily right on in there. And like then covers her with some other cover so she can roll it through the ship without being caught. And so at first, Emily seems to enjoy it. She like starts to doze off a little bit and is getting all like tucked into these sheets and this soft stuff and this much larger and much deeper bed for her. But as Eliza is rolling this cart back towards the cabin, which I don't know how she's planning on getting it down up and down the stairs, but whatever that just occurred to me, whatever. (laughs) I don't think she does. She doesn't know either. (laughs) She hasn't got that far either. No. So as Eliza's rolling the cart, she notices like underneath the cover, she can start to see Emily like tossing and turning. And Mm. then Emily starts complaining about the smell of the (sighs) shit. Because, I mean, shocker, yeah, like, if they're clean sheets, yeah, animals probably don't prefer the smell of, like, bleach and detergent (laughs) and stuff. Chemicals, yeah. Yeah. And she just tells Eliza, like, I miss my dirt. Like, this bitch. This bitch. And no shit, you adorable but stupid. Love that. Adorable but so dumb. I know. What did you think was going to happen on this ship that is far away from your home? I guess... Ugh, they don't know any better. Whatever. So Eliza's starting to get frustrated at this point. Like, <laughs> listen, I stole food for you. You shouldn't even be here. Right. You're all over my sheets and my room. Like, how am I? How am I going to get dirt on this ship, Emily? Come on. From the water, your little cute <laughs> poops are everywhere. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Oh my God. Yeah. Taboo is probably like, what the? F-? And that's actually such a good point because, like we said earlier, no other animal mm-hmm. poops like a wombat. So once you see it, you know, like, you know, oh, there's a wombat on it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's game over for Emily. So, anyway. They all get back to the cabin and they're asleep now. Day's over. Everyone's asleep. Debbie's got her headphones on, like blasting music through her Walkman while she's asleep. And Eliza, she's she's nice and comfy. And then she like wakes up because she hears this um, like a soft chewing and nibbling sound. Uh-oh. And she looks up in her bed. And she sees that Emily is like climbed climbed up onto the post of this bunk bed. She's just holding on to it like half asleep. It's almost like she's sleep chewing, just chewing away, (laughs) nibbling away at the wood on this bed post, this bed frame to the point where shaves of wood are all over the place. Like they're falling on Eliza's (laughs) face. There's massive gnaw marks taken out of the, it is funny actually. Like it looks like this bunk bed could just collapse at any minute. the amount that Emily has bitten out of it and so Eliza wakes up and is like freaking out like Emily you can't chew on that like that's like clear evidence someone's obviously gonna see animal is in here (laughs) 
<laughs> but Emily, like, so, okay, first of all, say Eliza, like, yanks her off the bedpost, like, you can't do that. But Emily has this, like, junky withdrawal reaction. <laughs> like, I just gotta chew. I need to chew. I gotta bite something, Eliza. I'm going crazy. <laughs> I need something. Oh, God. This girl's going cold turkey on everything and didn't <laughs> no. mean to. Poor girl. It's all her Not fault. Good. It's all her fault. Eliza it told is. her she couldn't come. You know, Eliza should have explained to her why she couldn't come rather yes. than just saying, you can't come. Right. Like, like, no. You, don't just you gotta tell, tell her. No. You Make explain her fear why. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Or yeah, put the fear of death in her. Perfect. Uh-huh. Make her realize mm-hmm. her own mortality. Mm-hmm. Emily, if you come on the ship with us, you Just will die. die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. If if, just, if the climate and like the you know lack of food and stuff alone doesn't kill you, the quarantine officer will. <laughs> right. A human will probably kill you. Yes. Great. So good. Eliza, who is like still half asleep, she wraps Emily up in a blanket, takes her out onto the ship deck to find something suitable to chew, which is an even worse idea because now you want to chew stuff out. Me. Exactly. Exactly. So, of course, it's also like pouring rain outside and it's super windy. They're on the high Whoa. seas, probably somewhere in the Indian Ocean, and it's probably a little chilly out. And Eliza, oh, no. she's like in her PJs barefoot still she didn't even think about putting (sighs) shoes on to go up there and just like has that blanket like wrapped over her while (laughs) emily is just casually sitting on the ship deck chewing on some like rope or just anything around her that she can find and after you see like all of these bite marks taken out of just various things on this deck eliza's like okay that's got to be enough emily like let's go but before Emily can respond to her, she starts sneezing. Emily, the wombat, starts like oh. sneezing and like shivering and stuff. Oh my God, because it's too cold. Exactly. And it's like rainy and stuff. And I don't think that happens in like the outback. I don't know. Maybe I oh, could be wrong, God. but not not the way that it's a dry place. To, at least. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> You've you're the expert. You've been there. And <laughs> oh God, experts are <laughs> strong words. <laughs> so Eliza is like freaking out now she scoops her up like oh shit we gotta get you back inside right now and she wraps emily up in the blanket runs her back into the cabin to warm her up but unfortunately it's too late and even the warmth of the cabin and the drawer under the bed it's not helping emily is still sneezing she's shivering and shaking and her teeth are also continuing to grow oh and yeah and (laughs) Uh, now, to be fair, I, I don't know if you can actually like see the the change in length in the cartoon i didn't like watch that closely like <laughs> oh actually longer but eliza notices that she's holding her like oh no your teeth won't stop growing probs because she doesn't have the right shit to to chew on chew constantly yeah exactly i gotta chew i just gotta chew i got you man i got you man <laughs> so they all somehow, you know, are able to go to sleep, though. They're able to get Emily warm enough and get all comfy. But then back out on the deck, still that night, we see Inspector Taboo making his round still, looking for this dingo that Eliza has warned him about. Uh-huh. And Taboo, he walks up to this, like, chewed up rope and stuff, and he's like, oh, that's not a dingo. And probably sees, like, a shit ton of other, like, cubic feces. Your poops, <laughs> yeah. The wombat poops or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 no. Some other animal has definitely made its way onto this show. So 
at this point, the next morning, Eliza's like, shit, uh, Emily is really sick. At this point, I really need to just, I need my parents' help. They're going to know what to do. Slash, I got to fess up about this. Slash, this is dangerous. Office probably has medicine for sick animals. Exactly. Just, (sighs) yeah. Like, that. We shit on Eliza a lot in the show, and it's fair because she does. <laughs> she does the dumbest stuff yep. so often. It makes me so mad. Like you wouldn't get in trouble for accident. Like you might get in trouble, yes, but I'm sure that taboo would be like, "Are you like you promised me it's not on your bag? You didn't bring this aboard like yourself." She'd be or like, "Yeah, I swear." Like you just say, not gonna, like, I arrest you. Just say, I found this wombat. The wombat can't talk to the officer. Yeah, that's true. She's true. Like, yeah, Eliza might feel kind of shitty throwing Emily under the bus like that. But right. like, dude, think about She'll get the, the whole medicine country she needs. you're going to. And also that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Go so, on. It is fairly shocking. Yes. yes. Correct. So Eliza, she goes to find her parents and she decides like, all right, I'm going to tell them about this wombat. But right when she tries to tell them, Inspector Taboo comes up to them, knowing that, you know, the Thornberries are animal experts and that he can, Mm -hmm. like, trust Nigel being a good custodian of animal life and Mm -hmm. conservation, etc. So he tells them that he hasn't found the dingo that Eliza claimed she saw the day before, but now he's instead after another animal that's made its way on board, one that appears to really like chewing and he like hands them like exhibit a here's this pile of ropes <laughs> that have been totally chewed up. <laughs> and so taboo's like if you see this thing it needs to head straight to quarantine so please find me immediately uh-huh. and nigel agrees like oh of course like yeah dude whatever it is whatever it's animal gross. it may be yeah like we're gonna keep our eyes out like it absolutely and he agrees he says that too he's like rightfully so so we will absolutely help you find this thing or if we do find it then we'll tell you asap so taboo he like nods like thank you and he walks off and eliza at this point seeing that her parents are down to like quarantine as well she's like oh you know like never mind just wanted to tell you guys that i love you like good luck getting the whale footage deuces see ya she like runs back to the cabin nothing to see here to come, to come up yeah uh, you didn't see anything <laughs> um and so they're back in the cabin trying to concoct a new plan and i guess at some point maybe eliza like goes back to the deck to get some fresh air or whatever and like clear her mind and try to figure out how to keep from imprisoning her and Emily the wombat at the same time and like causing a mass pandemic across like the entire she, world but at least in India right now. she does she could use some fresh air <laughs> yeah. so because we see Debbie come back into the cabin and at this point it's just Darwin in there who's like cuddled up taking a nap and Debbie climbs in she's really still kind of seasick and tired and she decides like okay let me just take a nap too Darwin you got the right idea she climbs into her bed gets all tucked in and then she starts feeling like something moving at her feet no I hate this (laughs) no absolutely not and so she like lifts the covers back off of her and sees Emily there just like shivering sniffling sneezing and debbie rightfully freaks the fuck out like what is this animal doing in on the ship at all but in my fucking bed also this clearly sick animal 
yes, it's sick. It's sneezing. Like, ew, get it out of here. And so Eliza, she comes back in right at this moment and she sees Debbie like just running and jumping around, chewing out, like throwing, not throwing, but like pushing away Emily. And I think Darwin comes in and like grabs Emily or something like, oh, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Debbie like saying, even though she can't understand. (laughs) And Eliza then grabs Emily too. And is like, Debbie, you, you have to promise me, like, you can't tell mom and dad that I have her here. Like you got to help me get her off though. And at this point, Mel, who is the cute chef who I described Mm. earlier, who's also way outside of Debbie's age range, he knocks on the door because he's like, hey, Debbie, um, I wanted to just bring you one more cup of tea before we hit the port in Madras. Like, I know you're not feeling well still. So here you go. He's like, yeah, I got to take care of you. Like I took care of my little sister. Yeah, exactly. Like my kid's sister. This is how my mom (laughs) taught me. So Debbie, she like opens the door, very happy to see him. And she's like sipping on the tea, very happy and asking Mel if they can hang out for a bit once they hit port in India, which again, Debbie, come on, don't enable this guy to commit a crime. Okay. (laughs) Or I mean, he's his own man. He can commit the crime on his own, but don't help him. Stop. Don't flirt with this guy. Yeah. Like, but it's okay. He's uninterested. You're going to, it's not a good situation. It's not good. It's not good. But don't worry, dear audience. It's okay. They would not put that in a Nickelodeon show. Mel (laughs) tells her like, oh, yeah, no, I can't hang out. Like as soon as we hit the dock, we're like turning right back. Like you guys are getting off. We're turning right back around to Australia before, you know, after we reach port. So like, sorry, can't, won't be, won't be free. And Mel then after that, he kind of like looks off into the distance. Like, I just can't wait to get back home to see my family, which like, Based on the age he looks, they're probably like kids in a whole ass <laughs> oh <my> life. <laughs> Maybe even like grandkids, honestly. Because <laughs> I can't wait to see my family. Boy, and so far my... away. <laughs> he like pulls a picture out. It's like infants and stuff. The full on family picture of him. <laughs> Debbie like knocks it out of his hand. She throws it off the ship. Huh. Gives it to Emily to chill. <laughs> How dare you break my heart? And and also, though, he mentions that he has a lot of animals that he wants to get back to, get get back home and see as well. So Debbie tries to impress him. Like, oh, yeah, like, I love animals, Mel. Like, they're so cool. Like, yeah, we have so much in common. (laughs) I also have a whole family. (laughs) (laughs) But Mel is just like, okay cool bye like see you when you're getting off the boat all right don't puke bye yeah see ya uh it's gonna be more for me to clean up later so please (laughs) drink the tea so then eliza though she sees this debbie falling totally flat on her face trying to hit on this guy and eliza hatches a plan she's like you know debbie i got an idea that would be a win-win for you and me and she's like you know you should just tell mel or ask mel if he can like bring emily back with him on the ship like we'll just leave her on the ship we won't let her get off and go into india and like mel can just take her back and you know get her back to her natural her her natural Mm. habitat in australia and debbie's like why would i help you with that and eliza says because if mel saw how much you'd like to take care of this animal i think he'd 
to you is pretty cool, right? And <laughs> Debbie's like, holy shit, actually, that's a great idea. She's just like, like to I point out. Go love ahead. to yeah. implicate other people in our crime. <laughs> yes. Let's do it. Please. Oh because yes, this would not really avoid the dangers of illegally importing an animal yeah. into the country. All of these people on the ship have been exposed already. Yes. Like it's not like she has to go in Emily has to go into India to actually be a threat. Like right. there's sure hundreds of people on this ship. It can take <laughs> one person to spread a horrible virus. She was in so, the sheets in the yeah. laundry. Like literally, and, and and then yeah, as soon as Eliza takes her out, you just see like a steward come and like grab the sheets. Like, what are these doing here? And then start passing them out to start making some beds. Yeah. You see like a feeble old person going to their room, aka more susceptible to disease. Yes. Start sneezing, coughing, hacking up lungs, like, huh, what's happening? Coughing on other random people nearby <laughs> who weren't exposed directly to the wombat, but now right now directly are <laughs> yep so all over anyways all over. mel mel though he ultimately agrees to take emily and so he and debbie go to get her from eliza and eliza she's like kind of hiding behind a corner having a little farewell chat with emily telling her that a really nice sailor is going to take her home so she can go there and get better and be in her natural habitat and Emily's like, I'm sorry that I got sick, but I just, I just wanted to stay with you and to be with you, Eliza. We've been having so much fun, which uh, it's adorable, but so naive, but so naive and dumb. Adorable, but dumb. Yes. So Eliza, she, you know, or Mel makes his way over to Eliza with Debbie and Eliza gives him this long list of all these things Emily's going to need to be safe and healthy on the journey, like the food and the dirt and all that stuff, which again, I don't know how Mel's planning on getting all this stuff, but he just tells her like, don't worry, it's fine. Like I'm really good with animals. She's in good hands. I'll take care of her. I'll make sure she gets home. And so he gives Debbie, Mel, he actually gives Debbie a nice big hug goodbye, like picking her up off the ground, hugging her, saying it was really good hanging out with her. He liked meeting her family. So he is kind of impressed by, you know, her care towards the animals. And Debbie's all blushing and stuff like, wow, awesome. Win for (gasps) Eliza. But again, also, don't do this. (laughs) Creepy. (laughs) This man is way too old, but it's a very friendly hug. It's very, it's it's generally appropriate. He seems well-intentioned. Debbie seems delusional. Exactly. Exactly. Debbie's got to learn a little bit. She'll grow up and realize that she is (laughs) nothing but his kid sister. So Marianne and Nigel at this point, because the boat has just hit dock, they're all, you know, getting tied back on and everything and everyone's disembarking. So Marianne and Nigel call for the girls to get off the ship so that they can all get the comm V. But while they're standing on the dock, like waving up goodbye to Mel, who is obviously still on the ship to get ready for their mm-hmm. way back, they see Inspector Taboo still looking um, around the ship, kind of like looking for anything he can find. And he notices Mel is holding something all like swaddled up and wrapped mm. in a blanket. And so he's like down the ship deck, but like looking over, like, what is that? And the girls all see this from the docks. And so Emily, right at that moment, 
like kind of wakes up and peeks her head out of the blanket and is like Eliza what are you doing down there and she like jumps out of Mel's arms we just explained everything to you just did she just Oh my, it makes me so mad. This wombat. It's so like, I was infuriated watching this episode. So (laughs) she jumps down the boat ramp to like, go see Eliza. But there's this whole crowd of people that are all getting off at the same time. The docks are like, like a busy market, shall we say. (laughs) It's very crowded. Like people, merchants are everywhere. You've got like snake charmers performing and stuff. It's it's very dense and hustling and bustling. So Emily kind of gets lost in the crowd as she's running down this ramp. She can't find Eliza and Debbie. And she just runs off through the streets of Chennai. And Taboo sees this runs off after her but he too can't find her as she's like some she's small like and it's super crowded so gosh mel he then runs off the ship and is like uh eliza debbie you guys gotta hurry up and find her so i can take her back because like we're leaving very soon so eliza and taboo inspector taboo they are both left scouring the area and are raced to find Emily first. Like they go in kind of different directions, just like, oh God, who's going to get her first? We need to find her, get her back mm-hmm. home to safety. So Eliza eventually sees Emily's little wombat head peeking out of a basket that a snake charmer is like using to like, <laughs> the snake is coming out of it, but Emily just peeks her head up and the snake's looking at Emily like, what the fuck? Which also, it's a, it's a king cobra. So that snake would have definitely attacked yeah, it. Emily's going to be dead. Emily. Yeah, but whatever. Emily sees Eliza. She jumps out of this basket and she starts to run towards her to, you know, like be saved. But right when she gets out of the basket, Inspector Taboo stands right in between them and just oh, no. her up. And he is now livid with Eliza. He's like, I sense. knew you guys were like trying to sneak someone in. Like, how dare you do this? This unvaccinated animal into bringing her into a new country does make sense. He's yeah. doing his job and he is doing it well. Yeah. Sorry, Emily, He's but dedicated. you have pissed me. Emily has pissed me off too many times in this episode for me to defend her. Yeah, okay. no, I, Emily is the criminal in this episode without Emily the criminal. Have you seen that movie, by the way, with Aubrey Plaza? No, no, but I've seen that Emily the it, criminal. It's really Aubrey. good. Yeah, same. It's really this good. It's the wombat the version. It's <laughs> the wild thornberries and Emily the criminal. <laughs> Murder. Boom. Love it. So now this point because taboo is now like all right he's admonished them and he's taken her off to quarantine and this is where most reasonable not super rich or famous people like amber heard (laughs) would throw their hands up in the air admit defeat and just give in to the system like all right she's going into quarantine that's what it is right also but eliza bad about that yeah there's not like it is like i'm sorry she's your friend eliza but like you know that this is the right thing to do right and also this is for the safety of other humans and the wombat. exactly exactly yeah it, it's it, like it's a win-win for to not get local diseases yeah and as i said before it's like yeah so she wasn't declared on paperwork but like she'll just stay in quarantine it's actually no they'll just deport her they'll quarantine her give her her vaccinations and stuff and then they'll deport her back like this yeah. is the best thing just let this happen yes so like i said that's what reasonable that's people would do but eliza she's far from reasonable <laughs> she <laughs> 
follows Inspector Taboo to the animal quarantine office that, to be fair, it's only like a couple blocks away from the docks, as it should be. Yes. And she's like begging him to let Emily get back on the ship to Australia. But Taboo, he refuses to negotiate. He like growls at Eliza and like is yelling at her again. It's, it is it, weird. It's weird. probably pissed. He, I, understandably. And he like just yes. slams the door to the office in her face. And Mel and Debbie, who also followed them, and uh, Darwin, maybe also Donnie, I don't know, but definitely Mel and Debbie and Darwin, they walk up and Mel is like, look, we're in quite the pickle here. You guys are definitely going to have to figure something out because we're leaving soon. Like, whether you want me to take Emily or not, like, right. this is my on job. Skis. Yeah, this is my <laughs> yeah. job. So. I miss my family. Yeah, my children. <laughs> Debbie. My like, daughter's Debbie. prom is coming up and I yeah. must be home for it because she is 16. Debbie, you look, Debbie. you look like about the same size as my daughter. <laughs> and she's so excited for prom. <laughs> so. Again, I say that this is the point where at least slightly less reasonable people even, but still moderately reasonable folks, would admit defeat and call it a day. Mm -hmm. But Eliza isn't even moderately reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) She tells Mel, stall the ship as long as you can. Me and Darwin are going to break Emily out of here. And she has this like mischievous and like somewhat evil and angry looking, you know, the look like those furrowed eyebrows. Eliza's about to commit international crime. (laughs) Here we go. So Mel is just like, well, good luck with that. I'm going back to the ship. (laughs) Leaves them on their quest to just violate a whole lot of laws. And Debbie is like, yeah, I'm going to go with you to like chat and like say goodbye again. Because Debbie's also like, I am not going to commit. At least I'm not going to do those those crimes. Yeah, yeah. Now that we're like, we were international waters before, so I was down. We're in country now and they have laws here. Yeah, no thank you. No thank you. So Eliza and Darwin. They sneak around the back to the of this animal quarantine office and they're like looking into a window to see that there are unfortunately, kind of, not really actually, but sadly, we'll say there's a variety of animals that are just caged up in this quarantine office who mm-hmm. obviously were not, either they were found to be sick upon arrival or they just weren't declared by smuggled, whoever yeah. or they were smuggled in or they just snuck on board, whatever. And it is sad seeing them all caged up, but also it's fucking hilarious because all of them are like, they all have their eyes down and like, they're all frowning. It's like, they look like they all regret their life choices. Like, man, what did you do to get in the pokey? Well, I don't know. I just, I want to see what it looks like outside these prison walls. (laughs) It's been so long since I've seen the other side. I miss dirt to dig into. I miss dirt. I miss the fresh dirt under my claws. I can't it, chew on these metal bars. It hurts my teeth. It just breaks them. It doesn't <laughs> keep them trimmed. It just breaks them. And it's funny. It's so funny, even though it's sad, because it's like the variety of animals frowning, like the way that the animators just draw it. Because you've got like dogs, which is sad. Amber Heard again, that's all on you. But then you've got an alligator, like a parrot, a turtle, a snake, all of these different. 
I think like an iguana might be in there too. Huh. And they're all frowning, like, bit, like <laughs> so clearly sad. upside down, smiley face, like, like pouting. Oh, like, have you ever uh-huh. seen an alligator pout before? It's, it's kind of funny looking. Yeah. I don't, logistics don't make sense there. Yeah. But they don't, they don't, I don't think they have the muscles physically to do it, but whatever. Yeah, like so. <laughs> Wild thornberries, they'll make it happen. So all these creatures are in there and Emily, of course. And we also see Taboo in an office right next to this like holding cell room, I guess like filling out paperwork or going through all of these quarantine forms. Mm -hmm. So Eliza, you know, her and Darwin, they're still looking through the window and she looks at him and says, all right, going in, signal me if anyone is coming our way. And so she quietly opens this unlocked back door so anyone can get in of course and she's like crawling her way in right up to the cage that's holding emily and emily's all scared and stuff and she's apologizing for sneaking onto the ship and saying that she only did it because she wanted to spend more time with eliza and eliza's like don't worry you know we're, we're gonna find a way out of here for you but all the other animals hear this and they start to ask Eliza, like, well, are you going to help us too? Like, what the hell? Oh, no. Like, get us Should out. Fucking let an alligator out. <laughs> it's so the holding cell room, like this quarantine room just starts booming with animal noises because they're all like yelling at Eliza for help. <laughs> Birds chirping, dogs barking, alligators like grumbling or whatever. And this obviously gets the attention of Inspector Taboo next door or in the next room. So he like runs up to see what's going on, runs in there. Eliza like hides behind a corner so he can't see her. But Taboo or uh, Darwin, I mean, has walked in and Taboo (laughs) sees him, obviously recognizing him as the Thornberry's pet. Yes. And he like Darwin grabs a mop and starts like waving it in Taboo's face like, get back. (laughs) And Taboo's like, okay, okay, cool. It's we're good. And he's like backing up. And he backs up by Eliza, who is able to like grab the keys off of his belt, unlock the cage that Emily is in. And as she's doing this and like pulls Emily out, Taboo looks down and sees her and is like, hey, hey, no, 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 put her back in there. But Eliza like trips Inspector Taboo, pushes him into the fucking cage and locks it and like oh throws the keys. Eliza. So, so, so many crimes. I can't even wrap my mind around it. But Eliza is straight up fugitive status now. She's just locked this this federal government agent into a cage and like knocked the keys away. So he's trapped in there. And Taboo is like, you get the fuck back here now and let me out. But Emily and Darwin just run out with it. Or uh, Eliza and Darwin just run out with Emily. And so they get back to the ship literally right as it's removing anchor like the sailors are pulling the anchor up and it's sounding the horn to disembark and eliza's like running this wombat up to mel on the ship and she's you know telling emily goodbye one last time and hands her to mel and this is like as the ramp is being pulled up they meet like halfway up this ramp and so she gets Emily back on board, though. Mel promises she'll take care, he'll take care of her and that she'll get home safely. And in a brief moment of beautiful karma, absolute beautiful karma, Uh-oh. Eliza turns around to get off of this ramp that, like I said, is already being pulled up. 
and this is as the ship is moving away from the docks. Oh no. She like she like slips off as she's trying to jump off of it and land back <laughs> on the dock. And she just free falls like a good 20 feet down <laughs> the docks, like screaming for dear life. Like I mean, yeah, karma. Well deserved. It is absolute karma. I was like, yes, fall, fall, fall. Yeah, I don't feel that bad for her right now. But it's okay because her fall is broken by this like massive pallet of rice or something that's just mm. been taken off of the ship and is sitting right below. So unfortunately, she's not harmed or injured. <laughs> so the girls, they wave goodbye to Mel and Emily as the ship is like making its way back to sea. Nigel and Marianne have gotten the car, the combi from cargo. And they're like, all right, girls, let's go. Time to start our adventure in India. And uh, the last thing I'll note here, very last line, is that throughout this whole trip, Nigel and Marianne never got footage of the migrating blue whales because each time that they breached the water, like you could see a few times they were up there, the parents get distracted by one thing or another, like Taboo coming up to them and asking oh like about God. the dingo or whatever, or Donnie just being a little shit and like <laughs> knocking something over. So they never actually got any footage of the whales, which was the point of them taking the That's ship the in thing. the first place. The end. <laughs> Wow. Um, wow. Here's wow. the other wild thing about this episode. First of all, great job. Thank you. Second of all, fascinating that the writers were like, we're going to paint this really important thing of not spreading diseases as negative. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure quarantine cr- like conditions are not superb and they're stressful for the animals, but like, yeah. But you're choosing to bring right your animal in the country. That's part of the deal. This is yeah. for the health and safety of animals, flora, and fauna, people. humans, yeah. your animals. Like, this is a good necessary thing when you bring animals into different countries. Exactly. And the writers were like, no, we're going to make it seem bad. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, this is this is jail. This is, yeah. this is inhumane for animals. But I mean. Right. Yeah, so they make it, I think they make it seem like quarantine is bad, but they also make it seem like bringing the animal in is bad too. So it's yeah, like they're it's trying like to have confusing. it both ways. Like, yeah, yeah listen wish... to Nigel and that it's bad for the animal, but like yeah. also there must be a more humane way to deal with them once they've been smuggled in. No, no, right. there's not. Yeah. Quarantine those MFR. Yes, <laughs> get them in there. Yeah, yeah, I wish they had like some Coming like... from two animal lovers, like no, right. quarantine them. <laughs> yeah, like I wish they had some like wrap up at the end in which they were like, and this is why it's so important. Like Nigel giving a speech to Eliza of like, this is why it's so important to make sure like quarantine does help the animals and us. Yeah. It's good for conservation. Right. Remember Eliza? It's... And Eliza is like, just learns no lessons yeah, about sure. Sure, Dad, sure. It's like, it's a lot like your episode in Bhutan, right? Right, Like, it was that same speech he gave her at the end. Like, remember, they don't do this just to fucking do it. Like, they do it because it preserves exactly the country and, like, for the health and safety of their people and of the animals there, too. So, right. And also, like, Emily's about to get back on a ship that already made her sick. Yeah. And get more like she Emily's not, even not surviving the trip yeah. back home. Mel can give all the assurances he wants. Like, yeah, I don't know if she back. will. No. 
So yeah, she could have gotten treatment yeah. from a vet there and then sent back. Yeah, the, if like, necessary. And that's why I wish that they wouldn't have painted the quarantine thing so negatively. Because, like yeah. I said before, assuming that the rules today are similar or even identical to the rules in 1999, like they're going to treat the animal right. and like try to bring it to safety and health and yeah. you know good health before deporting it or whatever. But right. Anyway, well, so yeah, the, the disease could have killed the, the thornberries in terms of our <laughs> yes. what could have killed them today. The disease yeah. from the wombats. Inspector Taboo could have just lost his shit and thrown yeah. them overboard. That alligator. could have crashed. That alligator. Although I was glad. I did think she was going to start freeing all of the animals. Oh, I'm too. very glad she did not do that. They were like, okay, that's a step too far. For yeah, that was an international crisis in one yes. of the 36 most populated city in the yeah, world in the world yes exactly <laughs> yes. so wow. yeah so that that is the end of our wild thornberries arc and it's been a lot of yeah. fun we'll definitely I think we'll come back to this show one day yes yeah. for sure wow but, I, ha- I had a lot of fun i loved yes. it but we're really excited for our next show yes. and uh we think you guys will be too it's a banger mm-hmm. but until then grace next week until then who should they tell about this podcast um i think between now and next week Maybe don't say this specific episode is the one you're recommending, but just recommend the show to your most adorable but dumb friend. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think you'll really relate to a character in episode, <laughs> what is this now? Like 76 yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. Just like yeah. take a listen. I think you'll love it. Yeah. Um, I think you'll yeah. love it. Cool. And then cool. who else? Um, I say tell a customs official or quarantine officer. Nice. Yeah, I think they uh, are probably stressed out right now for multiple reasons. Yep. But uh, why not give them something to laugh at about this and about how dumb Eliza and Emily are and how they probably deal with people and animals like this on the, the daily. Time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Excellent. Well, great well, work. A fine series. You. And uh, mm-hmm. we'll be back. Stay tuned for next week, y'all, for a new, yeah. new arc. Indeed. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We we believe in you. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at SatmoreMist, all the abreeds. And let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. Thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries.